Matt Milano signed a contract extension. Rumors and moves that impact the Bills and your free agency dream and doom scenarios are all coming your way today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy whatever day you're listening to this, and thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day. And as a reminder to you, we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Well, folks, it is that time of year where the news is going to come fast. It's going to come often, and we're going to have a lot to talk about here on this podcast. And that got started on Sunday when the Buffalo Bills announced a contract extension for linebacker Matt Milano. So we're going to talk about that, the restructured contract of Tim Settle, some of the rumors out there about the Bills and what they could do this week, some of the moves that have already happened that impact the Bills. And then we're going to close things out by talking through some of your dream and doomsday scenarios for the Buffalo Bills as it relates to free agency, we have some really fun listener consumer submitted items to get into real quick. If you will, before we dive fully into the podcast today, I would love to take a quick opportunity at the top of the show to let you know that my latest book Buffalo's run is now available. It's a book all about the 2022 Buffalo bills. And we all know that the season didn't end the way that we wanted to, but it was absolutely one of the most memorable seasons of Buffalo Bills football in my lifetime. Tons of adversity, tons of ups and downs, tons of historic moments, and I wrote an entire book about it. It's 160 pages, a chapter on every game, chapter on the offseason. Um, just my thoughts, my, my opportunity to tell the story of the 2022 Buffalo Bills. You can pick it up at Amazon. So go to Amazon.com, search Buffalo's Run, and you can pick up a copy I think it ships with Amazon Prime. You can get it in just a, like a day or two. It's available for the Kindle. There's a hardcover option, paperback option. Would love your consideration for my second book. Here it is, Buffalo's Run. If you're, uh, if you're on the YouTube channel, you can see me holding a copy of it here on the screen. Again, Amazon.com, Buffalo, excuse me, Amazon.com, Buffalo's Run. You can pick up a copy, and I'd love the support. Proud of the project. Had a lot of fun writing it, and would love for you to get your hands on it and read it. And, of course, let me know. How you liked it. All right. So with that out of the way, let's talk about this Matt Milano contract extension. It was announced on Sunday afternoon. It's a two-year contract extension that creates $6 million in cap space right now for the 2023 season. And Matt Milano had two years remaining on his four-year $44 million contract. And this adds two more seasons at $14 million per season. So what does this accomplish? Well, first of all, you get more Matt Milano and he gets a little pay bump. And we all agreed that that $11 million average annual salary when he signed it a couple of years ago was on the lower side. And so I think Matt Milano's proven, you know, obviously an all pro caliber season, pro bowl season this past year. Um, he's proven that he's worth a lot. So the bills reward him. They add more money. They add more years. And the Bills get cap space right now. So it feels like a win, win, win all the way around the board. 
So this will lock up Matt Milano through his age 31 season, which I feel like is a good spot uh, to know or, or to feel like you're going to get good value in the four years left on the deal and a good opportunity to kind of assess the situation and see if Matt Milano's best football is behind him or if it's a situation where there's a couple more years left in the tank. Obviously, the $6 million right now is a big, big deal. Now, I will say this. Well, real quick, Matt Milano, we know who he is, a very established player for the Buffalo Bills, high-impact player, has been consistent, has been really, really good. I, I don't have any reservations about the Bills making this type of commitment to Matt Milano. Um, I'm excited for more of him. Uh, I'm excited for him to be locked up. He's been very good in terms of um, allowing his deals to be um, easy to manipulate, and it's been helpful for the team. And obviously, he's a high-impact player, means a lot in coverage, very um, instinctive player that just sniffs out the football and makes plays. Obviously, you know my longstanding concern with Matt Milano is just misses a lot of tackles. It's just part of who he is. I don't know that that's going to get better. It's just part of the give and take with a player like him, but uh, I'm excited for him to continue his journey with the Buffalo Bills. Not that we were really considering this being the end of the line, but uh, tacking two more years on really lets us know that the organization is committed to Matt Milano. What I will say about this is it does make me even more concerned about the likelihood that the Bills bring back Tremaine Edmonds. And it was always going to be a concern having two highly priced linebackers. But if Tremaine Edmonds gets the deal I think he's going to get, Milano and Edmonds will cost north of $30 million per season for most of their years under contract after 2023 together. And you have to ask yourself questions like, is that a smart thing to do? Is it a good idea to have that much money tied up in the linebacker position. Now, obviously, I'm concerned, I'm sure you are, about who's going to play linebacker next to Matt Milano for the foreseeable future. But the reality is they probably need to consider a cheaper player to avoid having just too much resources or you know too much cap space committed to stack linebackers. Now, still a big part of me that wants to remain back. I, I haven't... I haven't changed my opinion about his trajectory as a player. The fact that he fits into the draft developer and re-sign philosophy. He's young, proven within your system, an ascending talent. Like, I would want Tremaine Emmons back for sure. But I do think that this somewhat complicates that getting done. And maybe the Bills are aware of it as they plotted their path for the coming week here in free agency where things are really moving fast, maybe they've realized that the money out there for Tremaine Edmonds is more significant than the Bills are willing to commit and are moving off of it. And they have to kind of deviate from the draft, develop, resign plan as it relates to Tremaine Edmonds just because they didn't think it was wise to have that much money committed to linebackers. Now we'll see what happens. Never say never. As of the recording of this podcast, nothing's happened, but it's going to change quickly and we'll have an answer very soon. Obviously, the $6 million in cap space is helpful, and so is the, the money that the Bills were able to uh, take off of Tim Settle's contract. That's the other big piece of Bill-specific news from the weekend since the last time we spoke. Tim Settle basically took a $600,000 pay cut 
uh, to free up some cap space for the Bills next year. He's on the books for $2.1 million guaranteed in 2023. Tim Settle does have incentives that can earn him up to $4.1 million, uh, but he basically took a $600,000 pay cut. And obviously, every dollar helps. Now, one thing that we've talked a lot about in the Bills' quest to create cap spaces, contract restructures. And some of that will still happen. But one of the things that maybe we should be a little bit more mindful of is the extension route. Brandon Bean has used the extension route to create cap space just as frequently as he has restructuring players. I think about Mitch Morse, Micah Hyde's done it. Now Matt Milano's done it. And so as I consider other extension candidates that locks in a player for longer that you like, but creates some cap relief right now. Taron Johnson is a player that that could happen to. Daquan Jones certainly is that type of logical player that you can add some years on to his deal and help yourself now and lock him up for longer. Micah Hyde is a possibility. Ed Oliver is a possibility. Uh, and then I also do expect something to happen with Naheem Hines' contract. It may not be an extension. It's more likely to be a new deal with a lesser cap hit. Uh, but as I anticipate some of the moves that are coming in the foreseeable future here, like the next 24 hours, uh, those are some of the players and contracts that come to mind. Last thing that I want to mention here in this segment before we start talking about you know, some of the rumors out there and, and moves that impact the Bills already is something that I was reminded of when I was having dinner on Saturday night. We, my wife and I and my daughter, we went over to our friends Bob and Mary's house and uh, cooked us a nice dinner. We had hamburgers, and it was really good. And Bob is a huge Philadelphia Eagles fan. So, of course, we're talking about the Eagles and free agency and all the players that they're likely to lose and kind of the, the build that they had last year to add the talent necessary to get to the Super Bowl. And one thing that he reminded me of was that Two of their most critical players weren't even on the team until training camp when they traded for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and signed James Bradbury. I mean, those guys were later additions. And then during the season, they added Linval Joseph, Ndamukong Sue, and Robert Quinn during the year. They didn't have A.J. Brown until draft day. So as we navigate tomorrow, the day after that and throughout this entire week as you're sitting here obsessing over what the Bills are going to do. I'm going to be doing that. Obsessing is something I'm going to be doing for sure. So I don't really have reservations about using that term to describe what you may be doing in the coming days. And you're sitting there, you're looking at the depth chart, and you're becoming keenly aware of the holes and the places on the roster that concern you. You got to let this thing play out. Brandon Bean's job isn't to have the roster completed next week or the week after that, or the week after that. He has until September, and he can even make moves in season as necessary. So as all this posturing is happening for, you know, who's going to be that team that should be the favorite in the AFC East and in the AFC and in the NFL in general, just remember, it doesn't have to be perfect tomorrow. Let it play out. Let's see what it looks like when all the puzzle pieces come together. Of course, we're going to talk about it on this podcast. We're going to get through the whole thing. We're going to take it in stride. 
But let's also just keep in mind that there's a lot of time for this to play out and for Brandon Bean to make the moves necessary to get this team where it needs to go. Hey, maybe you like uh, roster construction like me. Then you got to try out Ultimate Football GM, who is the sponsor of today's podcast, Ultimate Football GM. You've heard me talk about this mobile game app, and if you've ever thought you'd make a good GM, then you got to give this game a try. It's not as easy as you might think to try to create a dynasty. When you play Ultimate Football GM, you get control and manage every strategic aspect of your team as you play through the seasons and you lead your team to glory by trying to build a historic dynasty. You guys know I love roster construction and team building, so this game has been really fun for me, and uh, I think it will be for you too with Ultimate Football GM. You're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches, managing the finances, negotiating players' uh, salaries and terms of deals. You got to get through free agency, the draft, injuries happen, right? You got to make personnel decisions. Uh, There's going to be issues, all the ups and downs of a season in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline, on the go, as you want and when you want to. Locked on Bills listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code Locked On in the game store. That's Locked On, so make sure to check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. All right, let's talk about some of the rumors out there. Talk about some of the moves already that impact the Bills and maybe some of the targets that I had for them in free agency. We'll start with this one. Robert Woods, he signed with the Houston Texans, a two-year $15.25 million deal, $10 million guaranteed. The contract can be worth up to $17 million. So the Robert Woods Buffalo reunion, not happening. And obviously, I was very excited about the possibility uh, because I think Robert Woods is exactly the type of slot receiver that the team needs uh, that would be the route runner, the separation guy, the ability to process and adjust. Guy get open for Josh Allen and be that reliable target to keep him on schedule. So the Bills have to try to find that somewhere else because it won't be Robert Woods who, to my surprise, a little bit signed with the Houston Texans. You know, they got a new coaching staff, number two pick, talking about potentially a rookie wide receiver, or excuse me, a rookie quarterback. Not a whole lot of talent there on that football team. You know, a Receiver north of 30, I'd I'd expect him to want to sign with a team that gave him a better chance to go win. But he wanted to play for the Texans, and uh, that's where he's at. The next rumor that I want to talk about is Derrick Henry. You guys know who that is, right? Tennessee Titans running back. Some rumblings out there about him being a trade candidate for a number of teams. And like... Every running back rumor that's existed, I think, over the last four years, the Bills are tied to it. So I'm not sure if this is going to be the one that that hits or not, but uh, certainly there's some rumblings about Derrick Henry potentially being a Buffalo Bill and the Bills trading for him. And I know he's working out with Von Miller, so we've seen some pictures on social media of Von and and Derrick Henry working out this offseason. So we got to talk about this possibility. I think I'll just put it out there. Like, I'm not in love with the idea. 
there's a huge part of me that understands that Derrick Henry's a super good running back and his skill set is exactly that short yardage physical downhill back that I've been clamoring for to to go with James Cook and would love how he can take something off of Josh Allen but I mean we're talking about a, tw- a 29 year old running back who's carried the football a ton I mean since 2009 in high school this guy has 3748 carries since 2009 that's an average of 267 per season over the last 14 seasons and that's being mindful of last year not not like 2022 but 2021 Derrick Henry missed like half the season and his first year at Alabama he didn't touch the ball a ton either I mean this dude is this dude has a lot of wear and tear on him. And whoever acquires Derrick Henry as it stands is taking on $11 million in salary. So you're going to part with assets. I don't know that it would be a ton of assets, maybe a third round pick or something like that. And you're going to have to absorb a significant contract. Now, you would think whoever acquires Henry is going to work out an extension to make that more digestible. I don't think anybody's chomping at the bit to give Derrick Henry $11 million next year. But it, it it's probably like an 8 or $9 million a year thing for two seasons, you'd think at least. Consider me not very eager to get this done. If it does happen, I'll cling to the positives of the impact that he can make and how he should be able to feast against light boxes that could present themselves at the Bills run spread. Kind of a pick-your-poison situation if you're defense with loading up to drop bodies in coverage and take away that spacing for the Bills to throw the football or if they want to live in a world where it's lighter boxes and Derrick Henry's carrying the football. But whether it's age, contract, parting with assets, the wear and tear on him, or just this, I mean, Derrick Henry's been a really good Zone runner for the Tennessee Titans. You know what the Bills have not been able to effectively run? Zone rushing concepts. They've been a better gap blocking team. So you have a a team that's been better blocking one way and a running back that's been most effective running a different way. I don't know. There's a lot of concerns here. This would be something I wouldn't touch. But uh, I, I recognize the possibility and we'll react to it even more if that comes to fruition. Another rumbling out there is Odell Beckham Jr., the wide receiver. The Bills obviously linked to him last year. Didn't sign with anybody. Coming off of that ACL tear that he suffered in the Super Bowl. Missed all of last season. And then he held a private workout in Arizona on Friday, if I'm not mistaken. The Bills were one of 12 teams in attendance. Full list of teams, the Panthers, Giants, Patriots, Rams, Cardinals, 49ers, Bills, Chiefs, Vikings, Brown, Jets, Browns, Jets, and Ravens. Good amount of teams wanting to uh, get a feel for where OBJ is at. Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk is reporting that OBJ is seeking a contract that pays him $20 million per season. Now, I don't know if anybody's going to be eager to give him that. I certainly recognize the skill set be exactly what I think the Bills need as a wide receiver too. But we are talking about a guy that has missed the last season that 
hasn't quite been this the same guy earlier in his career, which I guess you expect to an extent. I, I think he can help a team. I think the skill set's great, and if it wasn't $20 million a season, I could be interested. So I'd certainly have a limit with OBJ. It's probably in the 10 to 12 range, maybe 15. Maybe I'd go 15 if I felt really comfortable after seeing his workout, but there's no chance I'm going to be eager to give him $20 million. So there's some tension here that that makes this a hard one for me because I think the skill set is perfect for this team. But I don't like the age. I don't like the the contract. And it just depends on how far he's willing to come down off that $20 million. So we'll see how that goes. I, I expect the Bills to be involved. Not sure if it comes to fruition. The next one is one that excites me. It's Jamal Williams. Ty Dunn. Uh, reported in a tweet, quote, there's mutual interest in Jamal Williams returning to Detroit, but a source told me today that Buffalo, Cincinnati, and the Jets are all very interested in the running back. Now, this is interesting to me. Jamal Williams, short yardage, physical downhill back, pass protection, leadership, been a durable player, hasn't been running to the ground. Probably, I would guess, uh, four to six million dollar a year back. I think he really gives the the Bills the skill set that they need in the backfield, and I love for them to sign him. I would love it. So we'll see. You guys know from last week whether it was the mock off season or the offensive free agency preview that I'm interested in Jamal Williams. So obviously, I perked up when Ty Dunn's report came through. Fingers crossed on that one. Last one I want to mention here is MJ Stewart. Um, he's a safety, most recently for the Houston Texans. He re-signed with the Texans on a two-year, $6 million deal that can be worth up to $7.5 million. The reason I bring him up is because, well, the Bills need a safety, as we know. And he really emerged the last season with Houston after converting from playing corner under Joe Dana, who was their safeties coach in Houston last year, who is now the Bills safeties coach. So you can naturally connect the dots there and realize that could have been a possibility. MJ Stewart, a high character guy, thought there could be a fit, uh, but he is sticking with the Texans. So we'll see how this all plays out. Obviously, this week is going to give us all the answers to the speculation that we've been thinking about for a long time now. But on the doorstep of the legal tampering period opening, that's some of the hot stuff that is brewing. All right, so in just a moment, I'm going to react to your dream and doom scenarios for the Bills and free agency. But first, I do need to tell you about FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. But you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, folks, let's do a little dream and doomsday scenarios. I like to do this kind of right before certain events, whether it's the draft or free agency, to just 
get some of your very authentic, real thoughts about what could happen in the coming week. And so I've got one, two, three, four, five different submissions that were sent in by listeners through Twitter. And if we didn't get the Matt Milano news, um, we would have gotten to a few more of these, but we've got some fun ones picked out here. So let's dive into them. The first one is from James. James has the dream as Nate Davis, who's the guard from the Tennessee Titans, and Deonta Foreman, who's running back uh, from the most recently in the Carolina Panthers. And, and his note here is cheap replacements for outgoing positions. And the doom is Ben Powers, who's a guard for the Ravens, and Derrick Henry. James says the same positions, but much more expensive. I would agree with you. You might be able to get Nate, <clears throat> excuse me, you might be able to get Nate Davis for three to five million dollars less a season than Ben Powers. And I like Nate Davis better. I think I think somebody might overpay for Ben Powers. Nate Davis to me is a more athletic, more dynamic physical talent that I think has a higher ceiling. I'd I'd rather have him straight up, especially if it's for less money. And then Deonta Foreman, what's funny about James bringing up Derrick Henry and Deonta Foreman, if you guys remember, Derrick Henry got injured for you know that back half of the 2021 season. Deonta Foreman was his replacement in Tennessee, and they didn't miss a beat. They didn't miss a beat. The guy was awesome. And he goes to Carolina and, and looks really good as well. I like Deonta Foreman quite a bit. He's exactly a physical downhill back that I like. So, yeah, sign me up all day for Davis and Foreman over Powers and Henry. I'm with you on that all the way. Sir Charles has one for us. Sir Charles' dream is signed Von Bell safety for the Bengals. Matt Ioannidis, who's a defensive lineman most recently for the Panthers, before that the Commanders. Nate Davis, seems like we're on that train. Levante David, great linebacker from the Bucks, and Sam Martin. I like all those players. I I, I like all that, Sir Charles. You, you got me, you got me uh, aligned with you there. The doom for Sir Charles is overpaying for mid players, especially at wide receiver and running back. Yeah, I think that's always a caution, especially when things are tight, right? The Bills aren't sitting here with this abundance of cap space. They have to make moves to get it. They're not the Falcons or the Bears just loaded with cap space right now trying to fill out their roster, right? Every dollar really counts when you're paying good players that you should be paying. And so any overpay hurts under these circumstances. So I'm with you on both of these, Sir Charles. Trey says, my doom is drafting defense in both round one and round two. My dream for Trey is using real 2024 draft capital to move up or grab day two picks along the offensive line and wide receiver. I've seen a lot of this um, in just the social media discussion about the Bills and even for some other teams where there's a lot of fans that are saying, just be average on defense and load up on offense. I, I don't know if I fully buy into that. I want a balanced football team. I want to be good on offense and defense, and I don't think you have to ignore one side to be good on the other. I don't think that's necessary at all. Um, but I don't, I don't know how you could say this. Like, How could you sit here today on Sunday, March 12th, and say that my 
doomsday scenarios, the Bills drafting defense in round one and round two. We don't even know what the, the next month's going to look like. We're like 47 days away from the NFL draft. How could you possibly say right now, my doom is the Bills picking a defensive player in round one and round two? I got to see what the next several weeks look like before I can align there. And then wanting to just move up. You want to deplete your assets for 2024 draft to, to move up and, and for day two players? I don't know. I don't know, Trey. I don't know if we're seeing this the same way. I can I can appreciate the what it feels like the spirit of what you're getting at is is emphasizing the offensive side of the football. I can I can appreciate that. I can I can I can get on board with that. But I'm not I'm certainly not of the mindset mindset of ignore defense. There's nothing more to me, there's nothing more demoralizing than watching football and you know you can't stop the other team. You just know you can't do it. They're going to run all over you. They're going to pass all over you. They're going to score points. It's demoralizing. So I like a balanced football team. Bill's chat podcast says my dream is Dalton Risner said he upgrades and fills the offensive guard need and is a great fit for what they do. Uh, The doom is failing to address guard and free agency and go into the draft needing to find a starter. I can appreciate what you're saying there. Um, you don't want to go into any draft, especially if you're a contender like the Bills, and feel like the player that you pick with your first-round pick has to be a starter. I think that's where you make mistakes. That's where, first of all, you ignore opportunities to get better players. And pigeonholing yourself like that is just in, in, a, in a world where the NFL draft is just completely unknown, whether it's who's going to be available or how good the players are actually going to be. Putting yourself in a spot where you have to get a starter with your first pick at a certain position, I think that's how you really make mistakes. So from that perspective, I I really can align with you. And and look, do you really want to go into it with that same mentality that you have to get a, a starter for your offensive line at pick 27? I don't want to live in that world. Now, one thing that I would say here, is that we can't forget that the Bills do have Ike Bucker. They re-signed him to a one-year deal. So at a minimum at guard right now for your starters, you have Ryan Bates and Ike Bucker. Maybe that doesn't move the needle for a lot of people, but at least you're not sitting here in in a situation where there's complete unknowns as your potential starters. Now, it's going to change. The Bills are going to add talent for sure, potentially both in the free agency and the draft. Um, but I can understand where you're coming from. I don't know that I would sit here and say that Dalton Risner is my dream. I think he's a good guard in the NFL. But I'm not gonna. I'm not losing any sleep if the Bills don't get Dalton Risner. I think they can find a sufficient answer. Whether that's Nate Davis, who seems to be the the guy of the day, David Andrews, or excuse me, David Edwards, former Ram, Cromer knows him, Isaac Ciamalu. There's plenty of plenty of players that they could go after. Last uh, dream and doom that we'll get to here today uh, comes from John. John says, my dream is that we find a way to sign uh, defensive tackle Javon Hargrave and a starting caliber guard. The doom is that we lose Edmonds with no clear replacement plan in place. I love Javon Hargrave, one of my favorite players in the entire NFL. I think he's a $20 million a year player. So if that's kind of your pivot, let's say this is how Javon Hargrave makes sense to me. You don't sign Edmonds back and you trade at Oliver. So you don't commit the 18, 
ish per season to Edmonds that I thought you were going to have to, and you free up 10.7 by moving on from Ed Oliver, then you can absorb the 20 million for Javon Hargrave, and you can kind of look for some economic options to fill things out elsewhere. So I think that's your kind of your path for Hargrave. I don't know that I go super long-term deal with Hargrave. I mean, he's, what is he like 30? I would like a two to four year deal would be kind of what I'm looking for. Maybe three years. But he's he's a friggin' good football player. I'd love to have him. And then you mentioned the doom is that we lose Edmonds with no clear replacement plan in place. If the Bills move on from Tremaine Edmonds or he signs with some other team and they don't do anything significant to replace him, like it or not, that tells us that the plan's probably Terrell Bernard, which scares me a lot, as you know. And if that's the conversation we have to have, we'll have it. But I'm not having that conversation unless I have to. So we'll see there. But I would say if there's no clear replacement plan, I would assume that they really think Terrell Bernard, alongside Matt Milano, can get it done at linebacker. But soon enough, we'll have to, we won't, we won't have to speculate, right? We'll have the answers, and it's fun, right? Like the season is fun playing games, preparing for games. That's fun. So is this player movement, new players out of the team, seeing the vision for blueprints across the NFL to see how these teams are going to try to get this done. It's going to be a fun week. It's going to be a fun several weeks here as there's going to be a lot of activity leading right up to the NFL draft. So it's that time of year. Make sure that you're subscribed. News is going to move fast here. This entire week, the news is going to move fast in like, Our normal rhythm is going to be not possible. One thing I can tell you is that I'm going to be ready to respond to all of it. There's just going to have to be a point in time every day where I have to cut it off and just plan out the show, record it, and publish it. And that means that the posting times could be random, right? Because I don't want to sit on analysis as the newswire is moving fast. So just make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss anything. As always, I kindly ask that you rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills, and we're going to talk again real soon.